Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about The Captain's Midwinter Bride by Liana de la Rosa. This was published in 2020 and is the first Liana de la Rosa book we have reviewed for the podcast? No, this is the second book we're reviewing by her. The first one was Anna Maria and the Fox. Oh! Yeah! Oh! Yeah! Okay, I liked this a lot, and that one was it's like very fine. different. No, but like it's not that it's but yes. just very different. It's very different. I know. I know. Okay. I'm I'm really liked it because I do feel like there's this you can get a taste, like a totally different taste of Leona de la Rosa. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a different book. Okay, cool. So the book jacket. Life at sea sharpened Captain Philip Dalton into a shrewd and strategic military man. Yet none of those skills prepared him for the intricacies of planning his daughter's upcoming Christmas wedding. His family, most especially his wife, are all but strangers to him thanks to his service to the crown. But if Philip finds himself bewitched by his practical, charming, and guileless wife, he does his best to hide his struggles. Annalise Dalton raised two children and built a comfortable life for herself while her husband of convenience provided for them from afar. But now Philip's home to stay, and she finds it impossible to ignore his gruff manner, brilliant blue eyes, or the gentle way he looks after her needs. And if Annalise is unnerved by the budding feelings her husband inspires in her, she does her best to hide how they unsettle her. When past secrets and misunderstandings threaten the tenuous steps they've taken to create a real and loving marriage. Can Philip and Annalise overcome the years they spent apart to forge a happy future together and for every Christmas to come? I don't know, Meg. Can they? Spoiler. Yes. They can. Good jacket. I liked it. I really enjoyed this book too. I liked this novella. Mm -hmm. This is, we will get to this when we talk about everything else. It's an expectations versus reality question. I think if I'd read this in June, I would have thought this was perfection. Yeah. Yeah. But the, okay. I saw the, in other words, the only issue you have with this book jacket is that the word Christmas is used twice. Correct. Well, as usual, we generated a random number for novellas we generated out of 25. And so for this episode, the number we generated was eight. So, Lane, what is your eight-word summary? Renewal of vows after retirement, a winter novella. There you go. I mean, it is, to be fair to the novella, it does say midwinter bride. Fuck that. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's the same as you. It's Christmas novella season. It it is Christmas novella season. Here's my eight-word summary. Breaking sailor back in town. Still loves wife. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved it. I really, really liked that part, like, a lot. This whole... We'll get there. Okay. 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 So, tropes. This is a mature romance, and I don't mean that in, like, the golden bachelor sense, where everybody is, like, 70-plus. No. Or at least the men are. I mean that... They were married young. Yes. And he was enlisted. Mm-hmm. And so over the last 20, 25 years, they have been happily, if not like soulmatey, married. Yep. 
but now he's retired. He's going to be on land 24-7. And so their dynamic is shifting. And this is about two people who have made choices together and been compatible all their lives, finally acknowledging their feelings for one another. Mm-hmm. It was divine. And so I think for someone who just got the like surface level details of this, they could assume it was a second chance romance. Yeah. Like something in the marriage had gone wrong and this novel is repairing it. It's not a marriage in crisis either. You're right. right. It's, it's not a repair novel. It's a growth novel. Yeah. I love. There, there aren't, it's not a super tropey novella. Which is interesting. No. Um, first of all, these two characters are older, already have kids together. Most of the way they navigate conflict is is through their children. Yeah. So I feel like that in and of itself, especially their adult children, is not very tropey. There are a few moments of, like, the creepy guy from her past. Hmm. And how he deals with, like, being present for her in and, those moments. And I will say the main conflict in the book is miscommunication. Is which she thinks he's leaving without her. Yeah. And, I mean, he is planning on it. He thinks she doesn't want to go with him. Right. So it's trope. That is tropey. But otherwise, I really, I agree. Mm-hmm. It is. I think there are a lot of things about their, like, quote, unquote, origin story that are very tropey. Yeah. Um, their fathers were friends. His father potentially had nefarious intentions, though that is not super resolved. They had a marriage of convenience, although it, there was, it's for him, it's always been you. Mm-hmm. He falls first. Like he's always been really, really into her, and she didn't recognize it. And she was also like in anticipatory and then actual grief yes so her her frame of reference during that period of time is just less he does the i remember exactly what you were wearing the day i met you and she's like i don't even remember you being there yeah which i feel like is very tropey but like very excellent yeah i i really really liked this book a lot i think because i i think liana de la rosa did a really good job with the mature romance and with the whole setup of this of the story, to be honest. Yes. Well, and there are some tropey things in the daughter's relationship, but mm. again, that's not the point. Yes. That's not the point. It's not the A plot. It's Yeah. So so let's talk about the fact that like the trope we identified is mature romance, which again is not like a super common yeah. trope. I for me, I just think she really pulled it off really well because Okay, this I think she was Liana De La Rosa was able to have her cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. In that she's really what she's doing is she's um, writing about that conflict that's happening nowadays in uh, after retirement. Basically, it's like the empty nesters or the post retirement where all of a sudden this couple has all this spare time to spend and the other one is always around. And what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my life. It's like this, it's a midlife crisis or even a slightly later life crisis thing where you're like, okay, well, what do I do? And so that's her cake. And when I say eat it too, they're also still pretty young. Like right. they're in their forties. So we're not talking about like 60s, 70s romance where they're like, oh, okay. Now my husband's at home all the time. What the heck do I do? Yeah. She's 42. Mm-hmm. And you imagine he's a couple of 45? years older than that at most. Right. So I, I know this is going to sound terrible, but 
so basically they're going through this like empty nester phase, but they're still young enough to be hot. Especially in modern times. Yeah, right. I'm not sure how hot 42 actually would have been in the mid 1800s, but now 42 is the new 30, baby. I mean, I'm 41, so (laughs) I can't disagree with you. (laughs) Um, So I, I really, really liked that aspect of it. I thought she did really interesting job of of marrying those two things right yeah it's like middle-aged romance but also this empty nester retirement romance kind of thing well no and i think it is interesting and gets you thinking about how young people were when they started their lives and that comes up in the text mm-hmm. because their daughter is older than she than than annalise was on annalise's wedding day and they both agree she's making a mistake, mm-hmm. that she's still a child, that there's, and and in some ways, the fact that Annalise had been 18 and their daughter is 19 forces them to confront that it's an individual thing, that it's also the circumstances of privilege in which their daughter has gotten to grown up. There are a lot of things that are subtext here that I like want to praise Lana De La Rosa for not making explicit text mm-hmm. that I thought were really excellently handled. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. This is a romance, too, that, I don't know, it was really interesting to me that Liana De La Rosa took it from the perspective of the parents. Mm -hmm. Because when you're reading, you know, your everyday historical romance, we've got these young people and maybe the father is standing in the way of their marriage or whatever. And that happens here. Like, um, Philip is waiting for his daughter's fiance to come and talk to him about their future and like what is it going to look like kind of ask for his blessing which i personally hate and like my husband had asked for my father's blessing i would have like punched both of them to be completely honest like would not have been happy but philip is like this guy hasn't even talked to me he hasn't come to even speak to me about what his marriage with my daughter is going to look like and when that conversation does finally happen, Philip is really taken aback by the degree to which his daughter's fiance views his daughter as an object. Mm-hmm. And not in a talking about her as a demeaning kind of way, in a I am looking for a trophy wife. No. Essentially. Yeah. Is, is the vibe he gets from this young man. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because. Philip is getting to know his daughter. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't really get to be there while she was growing up. And he's thinks she's a wonderful young woman. Mm-hmm. So he's getting to know her now. And I think part of it too, is he's like missing out on all this time that he had with her. And he's like, Oh, I wish that I had been there to see her grow up. Right. And now there's this young man who like, doesn't seem to appreciate her for, for what she is. Absolutely. And it's like salt in the wound. I, I did think it was interesting to sh- just how many of Annalise's and Philip's sexy moments growing together were based on their children. Mm. There was a whole lot of Annalise being real turned on by like Philip being a good dad. I mean, as a mother, it's not inaccurate. (laughs) That said, I understand if you're not a mother, you're like, okay, what is this? I didn't find it weird actually. Like, okay, I wasn't, it was just, it was an, it was very different. I think what I'm trying to say is less of a didn't work for me and more about like real credit for uniqueness because I often, I think when we see the like 
sexiness of parenting in these novels because it's very infrequently that people come into the relationship with children especially children that are biologically theirs that it's like the like oh my ovaries hurt watching him with babies and yeah. i find that really squicky mm-hmm. whereas this was this you want to know this was competency porn in a yes! different way yes exactly i was like this is competency porn and that's why you were into it you were like oh no he's being a good counselor <laughs> it was just like it, this isn't a oh it's making me long for this like i want to procreate you're like mm-hmm. he's got a responsibility to this kid and he's doing it fucking well yes 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 and there's a part two as well in the book where um annalise is talking to her daughter mm-hmm. about the way she's treating philip yes so because basically the, her daughter is just really you know, very resentful that he yes. was gone for her entire childhood, which I totally get, which Annalise totally gets, and Philip understands as well, but he's like, I'm back, and it wasn't by my choice that I abandoned you. Right. And so I really want to get to know you. And I do think there's an added layer to their daughter's resentment, which gets into the main conflict of the book, which has to do with Philip thought he was leaving his family in good middle-class condition. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that his parents may have been bad, bad faith actors and that may not have, that was not the case. Um, that there was a lot more struggle and strife that he left back home that yeah. I think he realized. And there, while the kids don't understand that miscommunication between their parents, um, it obviously colors what Philip expects to be treated like versus the way the kids perceive him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I was just really, I think I really liked that this was a, a romance novella that that took the entire romance novel paradigm paradigm and it didn't like change it that no. much but just sort of skewed it just a tiny bit and i really really enjoyed that uh, this was refreshing it is mid-december that's all i will say <laughs> okay okay should we should we move on sexiness well we do need a little bit of content warning not a ton just a little bit of oh, sorry, content right. warning that's okay which is that she was while he was gone she was viewed by some people as mm, like legitimate prey i guess well and it's funny because you often see the good rakes yeah in romance novels are the rakes sleeping with dissatisfied wives and widows exactly and so she there was a rake who was extremely interested in her and she was not, not a dissatisfied wife and not interested like just because philip wasn't around did not mean she was interested in straying and there was a guy who didn't want to take no for an answer and so she was um sexually harassed and kissed against her will yeah and i i really liked this too because it didn't it wasn't like super traumatic right but it also really got into basically he this is the right slight spoiler alert i guess if you want to jump forward um a minute uh the right kissed her mm-hmm. against her will and I she said that like 45 seconds ago <laughs> yes but what I'm going to say is that she's she's felt guilty for the past right. however many years mm-hmm. that she didn't like fight him off or push him off. Um, and I, I mean, and she feels guilty admitting this to Philip. And Philip responds. Absolutely. Just really well. I mean, perfect. He's a great hero. He really is. Let's be honest. No, and, and I also think a lot of her lingering discomfort is because this guy is not a relic of the past. He's still yeah. in her social circle. He's still in And her. I think that also speaks to these types of situations when it doesn't no one is saying it rises to like a criminal level 
but like that perpetual discomfort yeah. and disrespect like where's on a person and like you don't let things go that it, that because you don't have the time or the space to do so. There's this guy in your social circle that you really can't escape. That you know is creepy. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Yep. And then the whole relationship with the daughter, the, the daughter and the fiance, I don't think it rises to the level of content warning, but, you know, it's the, the, the fiance is misogynistic. There you go. Yep. Okay, sexiness lane. This was spicy. Yeah, it was. I know. It was, it was. What I liked about it, too, was that they it's not that they have had a, an un, unsatisfactory sex life before now, but I really like that that it portrayed this like, I don't even know what it was, like a renaissance or something of their of their relationship. Well, like, I think even the good sex they had historically was the sex of people knowing they had an expiration date they didn't really know each other right. and it was, he was the, like soon. you're real hot i'm real into you this is always good let's rip each other's clothes off versus the like we now have the remainder of our lives yeah that is a very different thing like it's almost like they got over the awkwardness of feelings by not dealing with them because he was home for so such a short time and they were like let's have great sex instead exactly whereas like now those things all have to be dealt with together yeah it worked I, really well it worked really well for me too i really again it was just this like shift in perspective mm -hmm. so again a lot of times when you read a romance novel you know she's a virgin and he says something like it's never been like this for me before yeah right. there's like the the tried and true is it always like this? Not no. Only when, only when it's special. Like, right. This is the first time for me too. Right. But again, in this context of obviously it's not the first time for either of them. She has two kids with him. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, there is this element of, of novelty or something is different now. Right. Like the, I think she's always felt lucky that her marriage of convenience was like a good guy. Yeah. And he's always felt like he somehow had to cheat the universe to get the girl of his dreams. Yeah. And so, like, there is a, a new honesty that, like, clearly changes things in a way that was not, like, sold as earth-shattering or more than it was. Yeah. I was really into it. Same. Okay. However, Elaine, what is your candy cane rating on The Captain's Midwinter Bride? Like, half a candy cane. It's like a peppermint stick. It doesn't have the crook. <laughs> doesn't have the crook. It doesn't have the crook. Here's the thing. There's some mistletoe. Great. Yes, it is winter. Yes, it is snowing. But while a Christmas novella needs snow, the existence of snow does not a Christmas novella make. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So this is this is winter. That's fine. But if what you want is like feel good, festive, whatever, like you would have had to change no facts to set this novel in summertime that's true except the weather outside yeah like that's you are not wrong so you are not incorrect. it's enjoyable but i would put it really low on the christmas novellas christmas novellas. there is a christmas wedding however it doesn't actually take place on page <laughs> and it doesn't matter that it's christmas i mean it could have been a mickle miss wedding right like <laughs> You just pick a holiday. Could have been Fourth of July. Fucking set it in America. Like <laughs> that's true. That was. It's not a flaw. 
in that I recognize not everyone is going to go into this wanting a Christmas novella. So like you, I'm not docking points for something that is not like a given. I, it's just not what I am on December 15th. Yeah. Feeling in my spirit. I understand. Yeah. So I definitely recommend this. Me too, but maybe read it in January. And frankly, you'll probably feel more like the snow is appropriate, at least in our part of the world. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out wherever you can find Plotress.